Welcome to the King Peppersnake Show with your host, King Peppersnake himself, Harry J. Riley. Welcome everybody to a new episode of the King Peppersnake Show. I am King Peppersnake, Harry J. Riley. Hope everybody had a good New Year's. I think I already did a um, New Year's show before um, this one, so I hope everybody's New Year's still going on. Uh, sorry you didn't win the Powerball and you still got to listen to this. Uh, you thought you'd be on a yacht, you know, banging mermaids and stuff, you know. But you had work, listening to this, contemplating what you're going to do for the weekend. I suggest... Watching The Revenant. Yep. Pretty good movie. Uh, I didn't uh, do an episode last weekend because I was out at... Uh, I was out at Idaho Fest. Um, it's a comedy festival that takes place over in Boise, Idaho. And uh, for some reason, I didn't bring my uh, my equipment with me, which I don't know why I didn't. Um, it wasn't like I was busy seeing the sights and sounds of boys or anything. I was just laying in my hotel room waiting for my show. And then I would get ready and go. Uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, all of my shows took place at uh, Liquid Laughs. That's their uh, comedy club down there. A nice comedy club. Um, they run a nice tight ship. Uh, got to see a lot of uh, people that I that I've uh, become friends with over the years, which was uh, real good, real cool. Uh, didn't sell any merchandise. I'm glad I didn't bring too much. I only brought like ten CDs. Didn't sell any. I wasn't really, <clears throat> excuse me. I wasn't really like eager to sell them, but that's kind of like my mo anyway is that I let people know about them, but then I kind of um, sneak off into a corner and just kind of not try to push it or anything. And uh, that's a problem, but uh really didn't try to, especially because the way the, the layout of the club was, there's a narrow entry and exit. So you can't have many people set up to sell merchandise or it it really clogs up that that area. And so at the end of the show, I would grab my, my backpack and go out there, and then you're kind of like in a human traffic jam. And then after a while, I'm like, ah, forget it. So as you can see, I'm not the greatest salesman ever. But uh, still had a good weekend, had a great couple of shows. The, the show in the middle, the midnight show, wasn't my, my greatest set. It wasn't a terrible set, but I kind of winged it um, more than I like to do nowadays. Um, well, enough about that. Let's get into what you came here to hear about, I think. I'm not sure. This is box office results for January 8th through the 10th. And to no one's surprise, Star Wars The Force Awakens was number one. With forty-two point three million, right now their total gross is well domestic is eight hundred 
and $12 million on a $200 million budget. That is amazing. Nobody, I mean, if you, could tell, if you could tell people that they could put, let's say you put $200 in something and you get $800 of return, 95% of people would take that. And the other 5% would be too dumb at math to figure out what was going on. So it's a great movie, but I think most of these people who, um, the reason why this keeps getting the top spot is because there's many people that are going back and watching it. <clears throat> Excuse me, man. So I think that's what's going on is a bunch of people are going back and watching it over and over and over again. When I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to live the 1977, 1980 uh, movie industry type thing where the movie would be in the movie theater. Most of the times you could just keep watching it over and over and over. And because you weren't sure that it, you you know there wasn't a thriving uh, DVD market, you know. So I think a lot of people trying to do that when you don't really need to do that, you know. You can watch it once or twice, and then you can just wait a couple months, and you can have it on Blu-ray or DVD with all the extras, everything, and you can watch it at home, you know, without pants on, you know, but. You know, people do what they need. It's, it's very nostalgic, I feel like. And I think that's what's driving Star Wars at this point right now. Because most of the people who are going to watch it at one time have already watched it. I think a few of these people are people who are actually, oh, the Star Wars movie, let's check this out for the first time. No, I think those people are very, very small at this point. Number two was The Revenant. Uh... We saw that movie, me and my girlfriend saw that movie uh, last weekend. No, this Monday. <clears throat> and it was great. Uh, it was a really well-made movie. Really well-made movie. And uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, great um great acting in it as usual Tom Hardy man he should win his Oscar nomination Oscar nominations came out um, yesterday and he was nominated for best supporting actor and I think he should win because that was amazing his role like you forgot the only thing that gave it off that he was Tom Hardy was the thing he does with his eyes whenever he whenever he's freaked out he does this weird like bug out thing with his eyes. And that's basically the only way you could tell that's Tom Hardy. The rest of the time you're like, this is just a racist fur trapper, you know? Um, really great movie. I suggest it. You should go watch it if, you, if you're really into uh, movies of that nature. It's, it's a very, uh, it's almost a one man show. With Leonardo DiCaprio, he he's in a lot of scenes by himself. There's usually two, three people in a in a scene. Uh, ve a very good movie. Uh, the only 
new movie that hit the top 10 was The Forest. And that was the, uh, I don't know if you knew about that one, but that was the movie where there's these forests in Japan where a lot of people go to die well, commit suicide, and someone said, hey, let's make a movie about it. A scary movie where somebody gets haunted and all that stuff, so that's how that happened. Uh, that was the only um, top movie. I mean, that was the only uh, new movie that hit the top 10. Uh, I'm surprised that Alvin and the Chipmunks are still in the top 10. It made $5 million, total gross $75 million. You guys should be ashamed of yourselves. You already know what was going to happen. Alvin and the Chipmunks are going to say something stupid. Um, Homeboy is going to say, Alvin! And y- y'all just keep this shit rolling. Stop it. All right, enough of that. Let's go. Oh, and as usual, my uh, box office results comes from boxofficemojo.com. That's boxofficemojo.com. They don't sponsor anything. I just want to make sure they get credit. Uh, top albums of the week. Uh, and as usual, it is Adele, my baby's mama. She's at uh, number one still. At number two is Justin Bieber. People can say what they want about Justin Bieber, but there's a song on on that um on that album that's really freaking good. So. It, I know a lot of people out there just hate Justin Bieber, but there's one man. What's the name of it? I can't. My daughter played it, so I can't remember the name of it. But it's just like it's it's like an acoustic guitar, and he's singing about like, oh, go love yourself. That's what it is. I like it. It's a good ass song. Uh, the only top album for um in the top ten. Is uh, Wildfire by Rachel Platten. I've never even heard of her, but she's in the top 10 at number five. Um, my boy Chris Stapleton is at number seven. So go check that out. And that's all for music. I got to I gotta make bumpers or something. That's the only way to make the music part exciting because I don't, I don't listen to to a lot of this, I don't listen to a lot of music. Maybe I should change it to top songs instead of albums, you know? Because I'm more likely to have heard a popular song than I am to have uh, heard an entire album. So maybe that's what I'll do next week is I'll change it to uh, to uh, songs. That makes, that, that makes a little bit more sense. And that was music, music. See, that's what you get when you don't get a bumper. You be making terrible noises. All right, let's talk about one of the biggest things that happened this week, and that was the goddamn Powerball. Uh, um, it created its own meme. People who are good at math decided, hey, I'll try it. For $1.6 billion, I'll try it. Um, I tried it. 
But I play the lottery all the time. I don't play Powerball that much because it's two dollars, and uh, the it, it's a multi-state lottery, and multi-state lotteries, uh, any lottery is not like shouldn't be where you invest your money. All right, it's the lottery. It's like going to the casino thinking, oh, I can just go to the casino every month and make my money and pay rent. That's not. That's not how that's gonna happen. Don't, don't do that. Uh, but I, if I do play, I like to play the state lottery. You know where it's just in the state, because then instead of a one in two hundred and ninety-two million of a chance, I got a one in seven point something million. You know, it's still very unlikely, but your chances improve significantly from these uh, multi-state uh, lotteries like Mega Millions and Powerball, things like that. Uh, I feel I feel bad for people who just don't understand how the math works, you know. They don't understand just because, see, and, and, and there's a there's a term for it. I just don't um, know the term, but um, there's a phenomenon in which humans, when the numbers get too large, we just can't comprehend it. So we just throw it out the window and work on emotion. And I think that's what happens with these um, huge lotteries and things is that people forget, oh, you got a one in 292 million. Um, that's the odds of winning the Powerball. They don't think about that. What they think about, because the number 292 million is so large that they just throw that out and they just go, well, I got my ticket, which means I got a better shot than somebody else. You understand what I'm saying? Like they they completely throw out that your one ticket, your that one number is still a one in 292 million. Not your your chance didn't increase by winning by getting your lottery ticket. I mean it increases as opposed to somebody who didn't buy a lottery ticket. If you don't buy a lottery ticket, your chances are zero in 200 there's no way you can win so you still increase your odds but only minimally that's like saying that's like saying the chances of getting hit by lightning are one in 77 million i think something like that so i'm gonna stand in the house i'm gonna be in the house instead of outside holding a lightning rod you know, you, you increase, you're increasing your, you're increasing your chances, but you still have a chance, you know, but your chances, you know, your chances didn't move that much. I hope I make it. I hope I'm getting my point across. Um, three people, won. uh, one in Tennessee, one in Florida and one in uh, California. And I got the picture of the couple that one in Tennessee and they look like they've won 
every single jackpot that I have ever seen. It's the same couple. It's the same. It's a balding, um, larger white guy and his just as large white. And they're both old. You know, they're both in their fifties or something. So they only got like 20 years before their kids murder them for the money. You, you ne like the only, the only time I've ever seen a young person win the lottery was that one chick from South Carolina. I think it was where she won 188 million or something like that. She won that jackpot and she then just completely threw it all away. She just, but this is people, you know, people usually say, well, you know, their lives never get any better and this and that. And, you know, your life actually goes downhill. But you got to think about the people who actually play the lotto. You know, investment bankers aren't playing the lotto. They're already making their money. They're doing all right. It's people who are working nine to fives. It's people who don't have that much money. That's why they call it a tax on the dumb and, and poor. That's what they That's what they like to call it. They either call it a tax on the poor or a tax on people who are bad at math. That's what they call it. And those people tend to be people who um who aren't in the higher socioeconomic status. So of course, now that these people got, you know, eight, nine figures in their bank account, that they still tend to lean toward um behavior that they did before. It's just now that they got more money to to just be more um ignorant, I guess you could say it, or be more trashy with it. You know, I mean, this couple right here, they look, you know, they look like, you know, middle class, you know, middle class American, you know, I mean, they're from Tennessee. So, you know, they, you know, they probably have like, you know, those, another nice house. They probably make mortgage payments on it. You know, that that's probably what they, you know, they, they look like that type of couple. You know, um, but they look like every I've seen, I've seen pictures of these people before. And I swear to goodness, this old white man has won nine jackpots. All right. All he does is win lotteries. That, that may be his job. Just lottery winner. That's what's on his Facebook page. I win lotteries for a living. That's what he does. Um, everybody had memes out about what they would do if they won the lottery and everything like that, you know, I, I did, I did it too, you know, not to be serious because, you know, I understand the numbers. How do I explain, how do I explain why I play the lottery even though I know the numbers? Um, I guess you could say, I guess you could say for me, what it boils down to is dreaming, you know, ever, you know, when you grow up, when you grow up poor, like I did, you spend a lot of time just sitting around dreaming about what life would be like if you, if your situation had changed, you know? And I think now I've came to a part in my, a point in my life where I have reached that part, um, socioeconomically that I always dreamed of, not filthy rich, but enough money where, um, uh, I wouldn't have to, uh, I wouldn't starve and stuff like that. You know, I, I think I reached that point in my life where I don't have to worry about starving. So, but 
once you get to a, a point, you still want to dream about, man, if I just had unlimited money, I could do this. I could do that, man. I can, I could, I could pay for my kids college and I could buy a nice house and don't have to worry about the rent, you know, things like that. So that's why I buy a lottery ticket. Even though the chances are slim to none, you can still dream about what you would do if you were that lucky person that ended up winning that sort of money. And, uh, and, and realistically, I mean, I, I made up really stupid stuff like paying Mike Tyson to follow me around, you know, uh, running for president on the free Panda initiative, you know, th stupid things, you know, but realistically, I've always wanted a large amount of money like that. So I could see, so I could actually get things done that, uh, your average politician or your average business person wouldn't want to do. You know, your average politician doesn't want to really tackle certain issues because they got to worry about getting reelected. But if I had, but if you, a private entity, had hundreds of millions of dollars, you could do things like uh, uh, build housing for the homeless, you know, to get them out, to, to realistically get them out of their current situation to get them back on their feet. You know, I mean, a politician can't really worry about that because, you know, if he's a Republican, he's got to worry about, Oh, that's not what we do. That's not the message we send. And if you're a Democrat, it's like, well, you know, we, we gotta, you gotta phrase it right. And all that bullshit, you know, all that bullshit that politicians usually get involved in. You wouldn't have to worry about if, if you were a private entity, I could just, I could just buy a plot of land. I could just buy a plot of land, build houses. Like I've, I've seen this uh, meme on um about Utah where they have these tiny houses for um for the homeless. You know, so you could buy a plot of land, buy you know buy a plot of land and put these tiny houses on there, and then you could have strict rules. You know, not super strict, but stuff like you you can't. You can't use this housing as a trap house. You know, you're not going to be selling drugs out of it and shit like that. But, you know, actually get people from to transition to a point where they can better themselves. You know, you know, actually help, uh, you know, children in uh, poor social economic circumstances actually get to college and actually set, not just give them the money and just send them on their way, but actually have a mentor there to help them um, pick classes, stick with college, get that degree and, and get a job, you know, and actually, um, and actually change your circumstances. And I think that's a, and I think that's a good thing that you can do with this money, you know, but I, I don't think a lot of people do. I think what happens is a lot of times these people get this money and then your first, um, your biggest issue is, oh man, 
Now I got everybody wanting me to do this or do that and give them a million and give them a hundred thousand and all this stuff. I feel like people let the pressure of other people get to them. I'm not one for peer pressure, so I don't give a damn what my peers are saying. I do what I want to do with my money. And if they don't like it, they can continue to not be a part of my life. Uh, but I feel like that's what I would do with it. And I know that's me talking as a broke person. You know, as soon as I got that money, I'd probably be just like them. I'd probably be all paranoid, worried that, oh, man, I can't just get into a $20 million project. What what happens when I start getting sued and stuff? Because you will get sued. Trust me. I, I'm 35, and I've, I think I've made at least two or three enemies who's got enough dirt on me to sue me. And they were probably... <laughs> And they probably got, and they probably got a legitimate excuse or something. So, you know, I, I know it's kind of pie in the sky. Oh, I would do this and that, and I'm, and I'm not saying I would solve homelessness or I would solve drug use stuff like that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I would try to do what I can to help those around me. And I think that's it for this week's uh, episode of the King Pepper Snake Show. If you have any questions, suggestions anything, please hit me up at the King Pepper Snake Show at yahoo.com. I am also on Facebook on the King Pepper Snake Show's Facebook page. I am on Twitter at King Pepper Snake. I am on Instagram at King Pepper Snake. I am on Tumblr. I think that's at King Pepper Snake or it might be Hot Dog Man or something. I don't know. I don't mess with um, Tumblr that much. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, I don't know what's going to happen next week because, uh, oh, next week I don't have a show, but the week after I do have a couple shows, I try to knock out the uh, episodes before I get out on the road. So, uh, thanks for listening and I hope to see you next week. Thanks. Bye-bye. Please visit us on Facebook and Twitter. Till next time, don't be the old